Meraki, to do something with soul, creativity, or love. Welcome to Meraki Mentors, a podcast featuring women who create. We interview creatives from every field and around the globe to discuss art, risk-taking, and what it means to live a creative life. Here's your host, Candace House. You're about to hear an enlightening discussion with yoga instructor and creative writer Anna Cantwell, who is based out of California, one of my favorite people, and someone who I admire so much for her inspiring and empowering words about mindful living and affirmative wellness. Some of the things we learned from Anna's conversation in this episode is the impact of our thoughts, the power of our habits, and the importance of mental and emotional health in being able to create the life that not only we desire, but that we all deserve as divine human beings. I just know you're going to absolutely love this episode. All right, welcome to Meraki Mentors. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Of course, this is your host, Candace Howes. And today we have one of my favorite people in the world. She's so positive and very talented. She is a yoga and meditation teacher in California, as well as a writer. And so today we are very, very happy and honored to have Anna Cantwell with us for Meraki Mentors. Anna, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Candice. It's it's such a beautiful thing to uh, reconnect and, you know, even though we're on opposite sides of the country to create this together. Absolutely. And as just a little background, um, I met Anna during our undergraduate days at the University of North Carolina, um, kind of through our creative writing department. And so, yeah, we've just kind of been keeping in touch in a way over um, social media, as so many of us do. And it is great to be able to actually talk and kind of catch up on the things we've been doing the last few years um, and the work that she does as a yoga instructor. So I guess we'll just get started with I'll let you um, give us a little introduction of kind of what your path was um, to yoga and to California after you graduated. Yeah. So when I graduated school, I had it in my mind that I had to work full-time and be in school full-time. And that led me to Houston, Texas for a master's in education and a full-time job as a high school English teacher. Ooh. I am still really passionate about education. And what I discovered in my time in Houston was that I was kind of serving over my happiness and my mental and physical health were crumbling. I was working, you know, 14 hour days. I had night classes and classes on the weekends. um, And I knew that it wouldn't be forever. And even so, I just found that my schools didn't necessarily value the work that I was putting in. And I didn't have the resources that I needed to be able to really do my job well. Mm -hmm. I loved it. It was so rewarding. And I really wanted to continue to serve the education system. Um, And I thought there's got to be a way to do this that I don't have to sacrifice my personal health. Because what I started to notice is that um, 
it was absolutely negatively affecting the students. Um, and, you know, I still believe that I was, I was making a net positive impact. Um, I really, I really cared for my students and many of them I still talk with. But at the end of the day, I was just too stressed out to really do my job well. Um, and it was this intense stress that led me to yoga. I found that no matter what happened during my day, um, I could go to yoga for this one hour and kind of leave all of those problems at the door, even if it was just for that little bit. So not only did I get back into my body and get back into physical health, um, but also I learned how to tap back into my mind and my mental and emotional health. So with this discovery, I thought there's got to be a way to bring these kinds of tools, yoga, breath work, meditation to schools, because kids are dealing with all of these same intense stressors that us adults are. Maybe they look a little bit differently, um, but how much more helpful would that be? Because the students that I was serving were many of them were severely traumatized. Um, and, you know, we're way more worried about what they were going to eat or their weekend job than their English homework. So I stumbled across this amazing nonprofit um, that has now that I've now linked up with and they trained me to become a yoga teacher. And this experience was so transformative for me. It really, I basically rewrote kind of the story of my life. And in that, I asked them, um, my teachers, if they were interested in spreading this work of yoga teacher training for uh, public servants, so social workers, counselors, and school teachers, if they would be interested in taking it out to LA. I had already decided that I wanted to live in California and to my great surprise, they said yes. <laughs> um, I hadn't even graduated training at this point. This was like, I think after, right after week one. And the day after I graduated yoga teacher training, I packed up my car and drove to California. <laughs> It was a really wild ride. Since then, um, I have expanded my practice. So I teach at a couple of different studios out here. Um, and I also lead meditation, which has been a really beautiful um, new practice for me and teaching. Um, and I still work with students. So I tutor some students one-on-one. -on -one, and it's been amazing to bring some of my yoga and meditation into those sessions um, for students that are traumatized, for students that have ADHD. And then I'm very, very pleased to say that we actually just wrapped up our first Mind Tribes, which is the name of uh, our organization, Mind Tribes 200-hour uh, yoga teacher training in L.A., and graduated five new school teachers. We had a counselor and a behavior analyst um, that are now fully certified yoga teachers. That's awesome. <laughs> so that was like a huge fulfillment of my dream. And to say that that happened just a year after moving to a totally new city feels incredible.
Absolutely. That is, um, it's great when you're able to see, you know, in so many ways, like the fruits of your labor kind of coming full circle and impacting the lives of other people. That's, that's probably one of the greatest rewards that anyone can have. Absolutely. And, you know, especially as a teacher, sometimes you don't see the fruits of your labor for years, or maybe you even never really see them. Um, so to have something that was a very concrete goal that I set and that I know is just going to make ripples in the world, um, it does, it feels really amazing. I know that you mentioned how, you know, like getting started with yoga, how it really helped you to feel healthier in a lot of ways, um, you know, in contrast to a lot of the stresses and other things that you were dealing with, with mm -hmm. working and being in school full time. Would you like to share a little bit of what you feel yoga kind of helps to um, to edify in a way, you know, is it just the meditation aspects, obviously the physical benefits? What do you think in the practice of yoga kind of helped you to reach a clearer um, mental space? Absolutely. When I graduated college, I was still dealing with some trauma that I had experienced. And this physical trauma left me um, really not wanting to be touched. It left me really uncomfortable in my body. Um, and it also, I had a lot of, I had a lot of fearful thoughts still. Mm -hmm. So what yoga gave me access to was actually getting back into my body, um, experiencing safe touch in, um, you know, in a safe container and a space where I could meet challenge on the mat that felt like, um, you know, confronting those really dark fears or the really intense um stories of the past and traumas in a safe space. And by facing those, you know, difficult poses that you just have to breathe through um, and that often, you know, we store emotions, we trap them in areas of our body. Um, if you've ever, I would highly recommend uh, the book, The Body Keeps the Score, which basically talks about, um, trauma's effect on the brain and how um, places like our stomach have more neurotransmitters than our brain even does. Um, so that we can actually, instead of influencing our body by way of the mind, we can influence our mind by way of the body. Mm. Mm. And that it just gave me a lot of freedom and not to mention the physical benefits. Um, when you start to see progress, especially in yoga, you can see progress quickly um, with consistent practice. That is a really empowering feeling. And what the feeling that I left school with was feeling very disempowered. So in short, yoga gave me access to tap back into my physical body um, to hijack my brain and actually um, activate my parasympathetic nervous system and take myself out of this anxious fight or flight and then start to really challenge myself 
and um, grow in my physical strength. And that kind of starts to shatter the mental limits that you place on yourself. I love that. And I think it's great looking at, um, like you said, we always think about like the mind then impacting the body and not the other way around. So I think that's, that's so, um, I can't even think of the word at this moment, but that's, it's really, it's really interesting when you think of being introduced to other perceptions or other ways to approach some of the challenges that we have. Um, I know you mentioned something too about being like finding consistency, which I always find in anything physical that I do is like the hardest thing at, at all. Um, there was a, there was an article somewhere, I think I read in, um, I want to say it was women's health and they were talking about how to practice yoga to the point of a head, a headstand. Mm -hmm. My main goal when I was in high school and I almost got there and then I just kind of got off of the whole thing so what would be your what would be one of your points of advice for anyone who is kind of struggling with the idea of consistency and how to find that time for themselves to really be able to achieve their goals I think that first addressing that if you don't take care of yourself somebody else is going to have to mm. And that it's our highest calling, really, um, to, to tend to ourselves. It's, I see it as very sacred that if we, if each of us are divine, that tending to ourselves is caring for the divine. Um, and we're such complex beings. And in this day and age where so much is thrown at us, so much information um you know in america the mentality is very much go 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 stay busy uh, that yoga is very much in contrast to that so it can be a fabulous reprieve that going to the gym or something like that may not necessarily give you as for the consistency piece what really helped me was and i think probably anybody that recommends certain types of physical exercise will uh, recommend this is have a buddy. I had a fellow teacher at my school and essentially our, our word to each other was our promise, our commitment. So that if, you know, one of us didn't show up, that was breaking our promise to a friend. Mm. Um, and that sounds kind of intense, but on those, you know, on those days that you really, you're like, I just remember coming home from school, being so, you know, exhausted and saying, okay, I, I know that my friend is going to be there and that she's going to be next to me on the mat, sweating it out just as much as I am. So I'm just going to make it happen. And sometimes it's really like kind of pulling the bandaid off. Um, a little bit more positive piece of advice would be celebrate small wins. So I participated in several different 40-day uh, yoga challenges and 40 days is how long it takes to solidify the change of a bad habit or to establish a new one. So for 40 days, um, we would go to yoga six times a week 
which was really, really pushing it for me. And every time I said, like, I don't have the time, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. And in my time that I spent in Houston, I finished six of these challenges. Wow. And this was at the same time that I was doing, I was in a master's program. I was a full-time school teacher. Um, now, granted, <laughs> at this time, I didn't have much of a life outside of this, but yoga was really, uh, really filled my cup in a lot of ways. It was physical exercise. It was mental reprieve and also community, a really, a really great way to meet people and connect and be experience authentic connection and vulnerability in a very unique way. It's really interesting. And it's been coming up so many times um, in all of the interviews this season, which I think is just a wonderful reminder. And that is the importance of a form of community, whether it's the buddy system, as you mentioned, or a wider community of people in a classroom or where you live. Um, But that whole concept has been coming up time after time of how that support and that outside accountability or um, that outside encouragement helps to sustain us when we're in these transitory periods or these challenges of trying to create something or form a better life for ourselves. And I think it's beautiful to see people be able to to share these challenges and have someone there in their space physically helping them to to obtain, you know, a new height in their life or just overcoming a challenge. I, I, it's, it's so crucial. And you think about any any great thing that you have ever accomplished, it was never by yourself. Whether you had the support of a mentor, <laughs> the support of friend, um, even, you know, even someone that's not necessarily directly contributing to the project itself. Um, you know, I feel like I had, I had friends, um, especially out here in LA people, a lot of people told me before I moved out here, Oh, you're going to be really lonely when you first move there. And it's really hard to find community and Um, to build authentic relationships. And I have found the complete opposite. There's actually some really beautiful, powerful communities, people that are here to um, lift me up. And then you see that all our lives, we've been told that to grow, we have to push other people down. When in fact, everyone grows better when we support each other. Exactly. Just in the community that you found in LA and through yoga, how has has that changed at all? Your perception coming from how should I say this as a as someone who is artistic in many ways, whether it's from your writing background or as yoga, has that kind of changed the way you have um, interact it with other people as, you know, being more encouraging towards um, either people that you work with or even people that you just meet in passing? Absolutely. I think that when people understand how powerful co-creation is, competition dissolves. 
Um, I, one of my friends from high school, we hadn't talked in seven years and I met up with her out here right when I moved and she, we were actually on the high school yearbook staff together. So funny to think about. (laughs) She was a photographer. I was the editor. Um, and since she's been out here, she's done some really, really amazing photography work, video directing. Um, we just connected and went on a hike and she took some photos and it ended up, um, you know, we got some really, really amazing, amazing pictures. Um, and then this, that kind of led to one thing and another. And this was just a few weeks ago. She, uh, texted me on a Friday night and said, Hey, I really have this creative urge. Um, I'd love to get together and do a shoot. When are you free? And I was like, how's tomorrow morning? (laughs) So (laughs) he came over that morning and we had this concept to, you know, branching off of the me too movement that's happening right now. And, um, we have, we've always shared writing and, um, you know, she has photographed me several times and I've given her yoga sessions. So it's been this really beautiful relationship that had been building, but we thought how cool would it be to express something a little bit dark, but also feminine and beautiful and powerful um, in, you know, without really saying anything, but with some, with some writing, with some poetry, which is my preferred, uh, medium and with Mm -hmm. yoga and with music. So she brought this black kimono. She was like, do you have some other black outfits? Like 10 minutes I got ready. We went down to my parking garage um, and shot in one take um, just five minutes of me doing an intuitive yoga flow to a song. And she edited a video. I wrote some words, sent some stuff over to her. We kind of went back and forth. And then it seemed what seemed like just like that. We came up with this beautiful, beautiful video. It expressed everything that I think both of us were feeling about this, this tension that's happening right now as um, like we were saying, how women are coming to the forefront, how they're standing in their power and, um, that although this this kind of dark Me Too movement is going on, it's an opportunity for the beauty and the growth of women to actually shine. And that was that to me was the perfect representation of powerful, inspired co-creation. Um, both of us, you know, using our strengths and producing something really moving and beautiful in the world. That's amazing. And I'm so glad that you um, that you told that story, because that's definitely something I wanted to ask you about. And for everyone listening, please, please, um, definitely, of course, um, and I'll have her share it later, but follow Anna on Instagram. First of all, she has so many incredible affirmations and inspirational things, um, but you'll also be able to see the video that she um, is referring to. And I I'm glad that you mentioned it because when you watch the video, it's so moving. It's so um, lyrical emotionally from the music to the movement to the editing. It's just a beautiful work of art. 
And yeah, and I was definitely going to ask you how that came about. I think it's Mm -hmm. wonderful when you see artists come together, not only to work as a unit and as a team, but to be able to create things kind of on the fly, to be able to, like you said, hey, let's shoot tomorrow. You have this idea. There's always kind of this concept that a great work of art has to, you know, be this long labor that takes years or hours and days. And obviously, sometimes that is the case. Um, A certain work might need that kind of um, time to kind of sit for a while. But it's great to know that whatever is flowing on your mind at that time, if you act on it, you know, something incredible can come from that moment. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's been my experience that a lot of, of course, it, it takes the practice and the consistency, right? The continuing to just write, and you know this, like sit down and write a, a little bit every single day. Um, exactly. Something that's really been supporting me in my growth as a writer, which, like you said, has it has developed into um, creating mantras, creating affirmations, and Um, exploring yoga philosophy and personal development, um, but also really the power of words. Um, And one way that I have done this is through Julia Cameron. Um, She wrote The Artist's Way. She has this little technique called morning pages, which in the morning, the first thing that you do before anything else is just sit and write three pages, three full pages, just stream of consciousness. So that's something that I do. Um, I switch it up. Sometimes I do that before my meditation to kind of get out, you know, get it out of my head. Yes. Um, and then sometimes I do it after meditation to, to kind of process some of the things that might have come up. Um, and just that consistent practice of every day pen to paper, I think has tapped the wellspring of creativity so that now I, sometimes it does just flow out and I just, you know, will write for an hour and something really incredible and inspired will just come, will, you know, quote, quote, just come to me, you know? Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. How, um, how would you say that you have evolved as a writer over the past, and you can choose a timeline, maybe a few months or a year, um, how has your perspective on it and obviously your practice, as you just kind of mentioned with writing in the morning, how has that evolved since you first started writing? Mm-hmm. So when I was still a school teacher, I took a couple of different writing courses, which were amazing. And to me, it's always valuable to put time and effort into this, not only the study, but also the community, like, like we've been saying. Um, it's just invaluable mm-hmm. to have someone give you feedback on your work, to read it aloud, um, to hear other people's work and be inspired by their stories. Um, so that's, that's something that's kind of ebbed and flowed. Um, my writing community. Um, As a writer, I've definitely strayed away from poetry. And I think grown a lot in the poetry that I do still write. 
Um, I love to write creative nonfiction and just really dive into what does it look like to explore truth, but from a particular perspective or lens. Um, I've also studied um, a lot since then conscious language and mm. and kind of exploring writing, speaking, and thinking, and how our thoughts and our words shape our reality. Um, so if we, you know, declare, I'm no good at writing, or if we declare I'm, you know, as a yoga teacher, I get this a lot, I'm not flexible, or, you know, I'm not good at X, that anything that comes after I am creates. Um, that's just one simple tool of conscious language and using, I think now I really use language as a tool to create my life, whether it's setting goals, whether it's processing emotions or whether it's um, creating affirmations or mantras. Um, it's taken on kind of a whole new a whole new perspective for me, I suppose. Um, and now I'm kind of delving into what it looks like to create intentional journaling prompts that prompt self-inquiry and um, processing of emotions. So kind of like how you process emotions physically with your body on the mat journaling is something that I have used as a tool to work through some really, really tough stuff and quite literally rewrite beliefs, rewrite stories um, of what happened. And I'm working on a book of those prompts um, that should be ready in the next few months. First of all, I'll be first in line <laughs> writing in <laughs> the book. <laughs> But I love that idea because I know even personally, like I started, I remember getting like my first journal. I had like saved up my money for it and I just scribbled all across it. But it was really the beginning of what's continued to be like a very therapeutic process for me. And I've noticed at certain times in my adult life where things have gotten hectic and there's moments where I, I back away and I'll open up the journal and it's been like a month or two. But that constant process of kind of writing my thoughts or my hopes or my fears or whatever has been very helpful. But the practice that I've never tried before was writing with prompts. Mm -hmm. And I think that is, even thinking of it now, I can, I can already imagine just how beneficial that is to, to have your mind in a space where you're thinking about things that you haven't, or even if it's challenging, forcing you to kind of work through things in a way where you can kind of clear that out on the page and see it and have more clarity. So I think it's fantastic that, um, that you're working on that project because it's definitely something I encourage everyone to do, even if it's just a line or two or it feels weird to start journaling in some sense. I love that you said that because I have a lot of friends that are verbal processors, but it's it's also nice to have a record of, of what you're processing. So voice memos are amazing for that. 
Yes. Um, you can go back and listen to it. Um, you can also do speech to text if you want to have some kind of written account of that. Um, and it's just a cool, a cool other way to try different modes. You know, does writing in a physical journal work? Does typing work best for you? And it's just about um, whatever, whatever works best for you. Yeah. And it's, it's so weird for me, even now, like almost all of the work that I do, everything is kind of on the computer for the most part. Like it's very um, digital and very convenient, but I always find myself when I'm writing, whether it's for myself or even if I have an idea for something coming back to the pen and paper and it might seem so weird. Like I feel like most people, I see them and they're always typing on their laptops, but it's kind of that thing that keeps me sort of grounded where I can come and actually see my own handwriting and see how I was reacting in that space. You almost get a sense of your emotions or your urgency or your reflectiveness in that moment when you can see your your handwriting. So so absolutely everybody has their has their thing, like you said, whether it's hearing their voice and just finding what fits you and taking the time to do that is most important. Mm. I could not agree more. Now, I know I definitely wanted to uh, ask you that from as a person who um, understands creativity from a lot of different places, how would you recommend that meditation can be an asset to those who are creatives, regardless of what level there are, beginner, professional, um, how could they benefit from meditative practices? Mm. I'm so glad that you asked this question because this has this has been a whole new world that's opened up for me. I lead meditations at a couple of different music management companies and for musicians. And um, a lot of what we've seen in the music industry and especially for artists of all kind is that art is suffering, right? That it's painful to make art and that's what makes it so beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, and I personally believe that artists, musicians, whatever kind of creative that you are, um, that you should not have to, your health shouldn't have to suffer and that really artists do not have to die for their work. And that's what, that's something that we've seen, you know, yes. even this year. Um, and it's so sad to me. And I think that meditation is one of these solutions that by stepping into a peaceful place, really by reconciling um, what's actually going on in your mind um, and being able to observe it from a, an objective perspective can allow you to travel to these dark places that maybe is some of the fruit of your creativity and take yourself out of those places, recognize that that was a particular time and place that that's not happening right now. And that actually your body is fine. Your mind is healthy and you don't have to stay there or wallow in that or feed those thoughts to create art from those places. 
I am so happy that you mentioned that and that you brought this up because it's something that um, I've definitely been kind of sitting on myself and that I wanted to talk about. Um, and I've seen a few people mentioning it as well, like on blogs and in different platforms that it's so important to recognize that you don't, like you said, have to suffer or have to keep reliving certain traumas or just in general, be unhappy to create um, something that's worthwhile or something that's um, affecting to other people. Um, so I'm absolutely, I'm, I co-sign everything that you said because it's something we have to remind ourselves of because beautiful art can come from, you know, those low moments, but we don't have to stay in those moments for our work to mean something. Mm. So it's so important to remember. Mm. I love, I love the way that you said that, um, that you don't have to, you don't have to stay there. Right. And meditation mm -hmm. is, I see it as, um, uh, not only a way to tap into those places, but also a way to come out, um, mm -hmm. and to realize that really we, the one thing, you know, we try to control so many things in life, but the yes. one thing that we actually can control are our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The one thing we have power over or, and really ourselves in short. What, I know you mentioned, of course, the, um, the journal, but what other projects do you have in place coming up? Um, or what kind of goals are you kind of setting in front of yourself that you would like to do one day? Hmm. My, the next main project that I'm working on um, is this book that I mentioned um, that's really come from deep, deep inner work that I've done using writing as a pathway to rewrite my story. So um, definitely be on the lookout for that. That's kind of my next big goal. Um, I have a goal to go on tour with a musician um, or a band to help keep them uh, well, mentally healthy um, throughout the tour because it's such, just with my friends that are in production, working these really long hours, having to perform, and then not to mention, um, you know, all these other negative influences, traveling all the time, nutrition, um, not, not getting time for yourself or movement or quiet. So that's kind of the next big goal. Um, and I'm really excited that I'm working on a project right now with Live Nation to um, launch a mindfulness program in all of their offices. So really spreading mindfulness and meditation, these practices, wherever I can, is my biggest goal. Um, and the beautiful thing about that project is that they are matching every single one that we launch. Um, and this will be in the next couple of months as well with a program in a school. So for every new office that gets a meditation program, a local school will get one as well. That's awesome. It's really amazing. And I'm just so happy to be able to continue to give back 
to the education system and, and support it with these powerful stress coping skills, um, positive stress coping skills and, and tools. Absolutely. And I just want to say that I'm so I'm so happy for you and I'm so inspired by um, the way you were able to take a lot of these things that you are passionate about and that are important to you and your own personal journey to um, work through experiences that you've had and to be able to kind of encapsulate that into a life that works for you and where all of those things can come together. Because so often everyone tells us, you know, we can't have it all or that a lot of things that are interesting to us don't intersect at all. But there's so many ways in life, whether it's through our work or something that we're doing personally, where we can find a place for all of those different parts of us to coexist in a healthy way. And I think it's fantastic that you've been able to do that. Mm, thank you so much, Candice. And if there's any, you know, one thing that I could say about this journey that I've been on, it's that if you can dream it, um, not only can it happen, but that's exactly what is supposed to happen. Um, that when you put something out there, when you put that pure, pure desire and intention behind something and that you're not attached to how the outcome will look, that that's what gives you the fertile soil for these incredible opportunities that, I mean, I could have never even really dreamed these up um, to flourish and to come true. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is, yes, that just makes me smile. Like if you were here right now. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. <laughs> so I always um, like to close all of our interviews with our guests with, I like to call it our May Rocky picks. So it's like three different questions. Um, and whatever kind of comes to your mind, they're really fun. Um, yeah, whatever's on your heart, then that'll be your answer. Oh, I love this. This is great. I'm ready. All right. <laughs> so the first one is, what is a restaurant that you wish just everyone in the world could go to at some point? Sage. Sage Vegan Bistro in LA. Everything there is amazing. None of it even looks or, or tastes vegan at all. And every single thing is damn delicious <laughs> oh my gosh i want to go there so much and you know i've been reading so much about like plant-based diets and it's actually really starting to get me to that point like yes. <laughs> i have had so many different dishes it's just like it's amazing i feel like once you start adopting that practice you're not even going to to miss all of the the horrible meat that we consume all of the time <laughs> and it's such a cool form of creativity to see what vegan chefs can come up with these days that like yes. like meat and tastes like meat, but you don't have to actually, you know, kill an animal or um, it's not like a factory farmed animal. It's just really, it's really cool. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. I will definitely, whenever I get to LA, I will definitely have to stop by there. Yes. <laughs> Okay, number two is what is a song? And if it's not one song, what is maybe an artist that you can't stop listening to right now? 
This is so hard for me because music is such a big part of my life. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, I would say, um, the song Aura by S.G. Lewis. So S.G. Lewis is kind of like funky R&B hip hop meets electronic kind of this sounds um, amazing yes and aura is it's such a jam um and here's i'll let you in on a little secret i had my first uh lesson as a dj <laughs> the other day <laughs> and i am so so excited because music is something i'm so passionate about and i haven't found kind of like my way to tap into it mm -hmm. um and I the DJing might just be it. <laughs> that sounds incredible. I, you know, I feel the same way because music, like I can't imagine doing anything without music, but it's like, uh, I don't play a lot of instruments. I'm like, I used to dance, but not really. So yeah, finding, constantly trying to find that way to incorporating your life is, is challenging. I think DJing is like such an amazing skill. Um, so that's, that's super cool. <laughs> it's definitely way harder than it looks. <laughs> we'll see that. Okay, so the music is always a hard one, but I feel this one might it might be the hardest one. Um, but you can tell me. So the last question is always what quote or piece of advice do you come back to when you need a little pick me up? What kind of do you live by? Mm. Maya Angelou, uh, nothing can dim the light that shines from within. That's, I love that so much. It's really become um, a mantra for me um, to, to radiate from within and that just reminding you that your locus of control is inside and no matter what's happened in your life in your past um, no matter what is going on around you that you always have the power to to shine to be a light to other people that is fantastic where where can we find you so if we want to like follow you or if anyone's in LA and they want to happy stalk you and take one of your sessions where can <laughs> we find you <laughs> I love it so um Instagram is the best way my handle is at yog y-o-g underscore Anna a-n-n-a um you can also check out my website which is yoganala.com and if you're in LA, I teach literally all over the city, Santa Monica, Echo Park, Eagle Rock, Beverly Hills. Um, Samarasa Center is one of the studios. Um, and I also teach at another studio called Madre. Um, and yeah, really the best way in general is Instagram. So would love to have your support. Um, would love to hear any feedback or any um you know, if anything that anybody's struggling with in terms of getting into yoga or meditation, a regular routine, or if you're 
stuck in your creative process, um, that's what I am here for. Anna, it has been just a joy and a pleasure to have you here today. I wish we were here for like eight hours. There's so much more we could talk about. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Candice. Um, It's really special to be able to reconnect and in such an inspiring way. And I see what you're putting out into the world and just to think that, you know, it seems like yesterday that we were sitting in class together, writing poetry and um, just to see the different paths that our lives have taken and to know that writing and creation has Mm -hmm. still played such a big role is such a beautiful thing to me. You've been listening to Meraki Mentors Podcast with Candace Howes. We're honored you chose to spend your time with us today. To learn more about today's guest or the podcast, visit MerakiMentorsPodcast.com.